Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. This is Molly Bay. Today is May 21st, 2019. 106 days to kick off. Day one of a new era. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The knives are out. Fans are fighting. Oh, it's terrible. It's a bloodbath on Twitter. Gerald McCoy is gone. There's two camps. The right camp and the wrong camp. <laughs> no, Everybody is, thinks they're in the right camp. No, it's the right camp and the idiots. All right. right that, yes. That's how we, that's what it's come across as anyhow. It's very divisive on Twitter. A lot of people I understand are emotional, but they're kind of lashing out at the other side. This you, is true. There's a lot of comments. About there's a lot of idiots on Twitter today, or I'm just over these dumb comments, or not a whole lot of engagement or discussion, just a lot of name calling. Yeah, I've seen facts and stats thrown around back and forth between both parties. And of course, you know, you can make stats say whatever you want. Yeah. I saw some last week or earlier in the week, maybe comparing. McCoy and Sue, and you had actually pulled similar stats a couple of podcasts ago, or did you just text them to me? I can't remember. No, we had talked about them in the podcast. Okay, yeah. And the stats, and then you they... text them to me later. Yeah. So then they cherry picked all the ones that made McCoy look good and left out the ones that made him look not so good compared to Sue. Right, that's what everybody's doing. I think it's one of those things where we're just going to have to wait and find out. You know, if you haven't heard, McCoy has been cut by the Buccaneers and the rumors, which aren't really rumors. I mean, we got top NFL guys, Adam Schefter and all those saying that the Buccaneers are signing the Dominican Sioux. NFL tweeted a picture of him in a Buccaneers uniform, like a cartoon with the number 93. That was crazy. I was like, whoa, I tell you, he wore that number. It's not like they're just. Yeah, no, I mean... Trying to slap Jared McCoy in the face. I mean, maybe they are, but... (laughs) He's always worn 93. Right. Uh, Sue and McCoy both have worn 93s throughout their whole career. Now, McCoy, or Sue wore 90 somewhere because 93 was taken. I can't remember where it was. Must have been Miami because he wore 93 at the Rams and 93 at Detroit. Okay. But yeah, it is a big smack in the face, and it's a huge statement if they do get Sue... I mean, they just released McCoy today at 4 p.m. was the official That's when he was actually released. Yes. And by, what, 5 o'clock, they had already said they were signing Sue. Yeah, so the details haven't been released. I'm not sure that it's completely inked yet. Yeah, I mean, it might not go through, but... It's a one-year deal, and Greg Allman's reporting that he heard it's $10 million. (laughs) And that was before, I think, McCoy was even released. Which is exactly what me and you said it was going to be about ten million dollars, huh? So we're only saving three million. I don't think. Apparently, it was not the money that was the issue. I think it's the culture change and swapping out McCoy for Sue is definitely a culture change, and it's going to be telling. It's going to it's going to say a whole lot about both players. And I guarantee you, wherever McCoy goes, he's going to bust his butt to prove his critics wrong. And I guarantee you, if Soy Sue Soy Soy. <laughs> If Sue comes to uh, the Buccaneers, he's going to bust his butt to prove that he's better than McCoy. 
It's a win-win situation for just about everybody, if you ask me. But I think it would be very interesting if McCoy went to New Orleans or somebody in the NFC South. We had to play him twice a year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just it's a huge statement by the Buccaneers. Uh, Arians, I would assume. Don't know how far I up it goes. I don't know. I, you know. Yes, it might be one of those I things where. I think it goes pretty far up. Now, I don't know if McCoy pissed off the Glazers or what happened there. Well, I'm, because he was their darling for a really yes. long time. I think they put a lot of eggs in his basket and he just didn't pull through. And they were like, fine, let's get rid of him. And Arians was the guy to do it. I mean, Arians has made no bones about the fact that he's just not high on McCoy from day one. He talked up every player on the roster just about except McCoy and then threw a couple of barbs at him along the way i have a theory i just came up with it today Ooh, is it a conspiracy theory it is a conspiracy theory bring it what if joe mccoy is the source of a lot of leaks to the media because we know he's like bffs with rick stroud and tom metrics and the guys at the tampa bay times and maybe that's why the glaziers are pissed off because you know he's given the media information that maybe the glaziers don't want out there or that maybe benefit mccoy but not the team. That is an interesting take. And with Arians, his motto is trust, loyalty, respect. You can't trust him if he's doing that. I don't know that he is. Yeah, this is Total pure speculation. Theory. Yeah. You couldn't <laughs> trust him. He's clearly not loyal. And he doesn't respect the organization. Dang. Someone needs to get on that find out. It is interesting to me how just about 100% of the media, the local media, is advocating for McCoy still. Yeah. Well, there are some of the ones that are making comments about there's a lot of idiots on Twitter. Rick Stroud's the one who broke that McCoy was being cut. Rick Stroud was also the one that said McCoy was going to be here in 2019. And he was also the one that asked Bruce Arians why Bruce told McCoy not to show up to voluntary minicamp. Right, and Bruce Arians was like, that's wrong. I don't know where you got that from. Yeah. Conspiracy theory? Someone on Joe Buck's fan, one of the Twitter comments said that the media has gaslit us into thinking that Gerald McCoy was a good player. I mean, we're constantly getting it shoved down our throats that he's a six-time Pro Bowler, All-Pro, 54 yes. and a half sacks. Well, they've done that pretty much since he's been here, but it really ramped up in 2012 after we basically cleaned house with Raheem Morris and his whole crew. And Shiano came in, and then they just immediately put McCoy front and center, and the, the media just took it and ran with it. I mean, you can't watch a Buccaneers game without them talking about McCoy at least six times. Yeah, the announcers he, do every time. Yes, even He's if got he, name recognition. Even if he's sitting on the sideline, you know, yeah. it's going to be McCoy, McCoy, McCoy. In the local media, you know, they get all kinds of access with him, and it's the, most of them have stated quite a few times that McCoy has never met a microphone he didn't like. So they all have access to him. And it's, you know, we've talked about that on the podcast. Access media is kind of dangerous when it comes to getting the truth because they don't want to lose their access. So they're going to say things to make their access people happy. And it's convenient. If you don't have to work too hard for a story, someone's just going to tell you the story. Yes. Well, it's going to be interesting. We're going to find out a lot of stuff about Gerald McCoy. I'm pretty sure now that he's gone, some players will probably start opening their mouths. A lot of players were upset. From the Buccaneers, like Levante David, Donovan Smith tweeted something. Jude Ajaye, did we have him before? Yeah, remember like him? a long time ago. Yeah. He was tweeting about McCoy. To Levante David, wasn't he? I don't remember. I just, re Somebody, I just know he mentioned it. An ex-player, I can't remember who it was, 
gosh, I think they're still in the league, tweeted to Levante David and said, I feel real bad for Levante right now. And I was like, why wouldn't you feel bad for McCoy? (laughs) (laughs) I found that very odd. McCoy gets cut. People feel bad for Levante. I don't know. We'll find out. It's going to be interesting. But then again, we might not ever find out. Just like 2011 season. What happened there? Don't know. Don't know if we'll ever find out. Somebody fill us in. Give us some dirt. Okay, now that we're done with the McCoy rant, can we get it all shaken out? You got any more? Yeah, just a little bit more. I've got, we we had talked about, and we really blasted McCoy last podcast and talked about how we think it's a good thing for the team to move on from him. And I had said that I had hundreds of video clips of him getting pushed out of the way. I don't have hundreds. That was an over-exaggeration, which I do that a lot. I over-exaggerate quite a bit when I talk about things. But I do have quite a few. And I was challenged on Twitter to post them, so they're going to be coming out tomorrow. I'm going to have... It's not all of them. It's not an exhaustive. It'll probably be a one-minute, two-minute little mashup. I think it's going to be more than that, but it'll be quite a bit, enough to where you can go. Because most fans don't see that. You know, they see the highlight of players. They rarely see the lowlights. So I'm just going to show, and these are not McCoy's, but I'm specifically honing in on just McCoy getting pushed out of the way. That's just, I mean, there's plenty of other things I could point out about Jerry McCoy, like how he always, or not always, let's see, that's me over-exaggerating there, how he gets in the way of the defensive end quite a bit. It's one of the reasons why I think that we have not had a defensive end that has been dominant, because Jerry McCoy will loop around a lot. It's almost like he's stunning, but he's not stunning. But he'll get pushed into the defensive end by the right guard or left guard, whatever. A lot of times he knocks him out. Matter of fact, a couple of players have been hurt by Gerald McCoy getting knocked into him. Who was the 95, number 95? George Johnson? I'm pretty sure it was number 95, Howard Jones, actually got hurt and carted off the field, left the game because Gerald McCoy got knocked into him and kind of fell on top of him, messed up his leg. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that I could point out about Gerald McCoy. The low lights, uh, you know, the guy wasn't double teamed all the time. He wasn't constantly disrupting thing. I mean, he did. I'm not saying he was a bad player. I'm just saying he was overrated. You know, listen to the last podcast. You'll hear all the stuff we say. I mean, he had plenty of downsides, and I think that getting rid of him is going to help the team out. So anyhow, look out, look tomorrow on the Twitter account for Darryl McCoy getting pushed out of the way because that's one of the things. He just was not strong. He just did not have the strength. That's what Sue has over top of McCoy. McCoy was great on his feet, very fast, very light on his feet, but he was not strong. Dominican Sue is strong. You know, he anchors the center. He's more of a natural defensive tackle. Keeps the quarterback from being able to step up in the pocket. Stops the gaps from the runs. You know, I always felt that Jeremy McCoy was more of a, almost a defensive end in his, you know, he was really about getting to the quarterback. And he would go all over the place to do it and, you know, flail his arms and all kinds of stuff. But he did not anchor his gaps like you would normally expect a defensive tackle to do. And I think Sue will be much better at that. But between Sue, Bo Allen, and Vita Bea, my boy, I think we are going to be stopping everything up the middle. It's going to be insane. Yeah. I mean, that's basically going to be those guys' jobs is to just plug up the middle. Oh, my gosh. Going up against the division. We talked about this right after the draft, or free agency maybe, about how the whole division is shoring up their offensive line and predicted maybe it was Vita Vea. I'm pretty sure it's because of Vita Vea. And now we got Ndamukong Sue. Yeah. Ooh. No, we don't have him yet. It's not official. But we're sitting Look, here. the NFL tweeted it. The newest member of the Buccaneers defense, Ndamukong Sue. Until the Buccaneers announce, announce it. it, we can't say it's done. 
And boy, here's another thing that's interesting, and you brought this up, Molly, that Jeremy Corbyn's released today at 4 o'clock. Haven't heard a word about him being gone anywhere. I think Rick Stroud said that the team was allowing him to find trade partners. They were allowing his agent to talk to other teams and see if they could find a trade partner that would be favorable. And, yeah, so he was released at four, hasn't been picked up. Maybe there's a bidding war going on. They're entertaining several different offers. You would think that we'd be hearing about that. I mean, if we've heard it already that, you know, we're signing Sue, you know, Adam Schefter tweeted that like an hour after McCoy was cut. You would think if there was anything about McCoy being looked at or signed, that Adam Schefter would be saying that too. I, you just pointed that out, and I was like, oh, huh, I didn't think about that. So it's going to be real interesting. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about this year in general, but this has just added a whole new layer. It has been a really good off season. It I really can't has. remember an off season like this. No. I was pretty excited when we got Darrell Rivas. I wasn't. Here's the thing about Darrell Rivas. I didn't I thought he was overrated. And when he played with us, he was. He was overrated. He didn't he did not really do Oh yeah. All that. This was like his retirement. <laughs> no, what do they call it? Sabbatical. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Isn't there um, a year in co- between the high school graduation and college? I can't remember what it's called. Anyway. We know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So he that was seems, semi-retired. Yeah, that seems to happen with the Buccaneers quite a yeah. bit. And hopefully the Dominican Sioux won't do that. But I don't think he will because he's got something to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's always got a chip on his shoulder. But anyhow, back to Del Rivas. I thought he was overrated. You know, everybody talked about, oh, he was the best quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And he came here and I was like, eh, just, I just don't see it. And then he went to the New England Patriots. And I saw him make some plays and do some things that were just amazing. I'd never seen a cornerback do before. And I was like, why couldn't he have done that here? Oh, it infuriated We've me. We've had so many players like that. Yes. We've had a lot of players a like that. A lot of players like that. Don't even want to go through the list. I know. Again. Every time we go through it's the so list, upsetting. I just get so depressed. <laughs> I was excited about the Vincent Jackson signing, too. Oh, yeah. Vin- uh, well, Vincent Jackson, he that came here like and he played. Favorite. He played hard. He was a and good. And I like that he's immersed himself in the community, mm-hmm. and he's still there, and he's very active. And- we never have gone to his restaurant. we got to go to his restaurant next time. Okay. But, yeah. He, and, but one thing I didn't like about Vincent Jackson, and it wasn't him, it was the fans. When he basically retired, not a peep. Nobody said a thing. I mean, but we had Mike Evans at the time. So everybody was just kind of like, eh, you know, didn't really even. But Vincent Jackson really helped the Buccaneers a lot. He was a very good. He was up to that point, I think, our best free agent signing. I mean, you could say Keyshawn Johnson, but we all know how that turned out. I mean, he helped us win the Super Bowl, but, you know, we all know that was the defense. And if anybody tries to tell you it was John Gruden that won us the Super Bowl, send him to me and I'll punch him in the face <laughs> with a Buccaneer helmet. That was our defense. Dang it. So anyhow, that's enough of Daryl McCoy. Yes. Probably not. We know. We know it'll never know. be enough. It'll never be enough. He has given us some good material over the past nine years. I know. I wonder if there's a fatigue, if people are sick of hearing about it. It's only been a day, though. It's still kind of fresh. I know a lot of people are grieving. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of fans that are really upset. And I understand that. I really do. I do, too, because I've had players like that where I'm upset. Yeah, when Garrett Blunt was let go. And Michael yeah. Bennett both. I was like, oh, man, seriously? Yeah. The Garrett Blount was probably the hardest for me. Well, besides John Lynch and Warren Sapp. When Warren Sapp left, I was... I felt that way when Greg Schiano was fired. Yeah. yeah. I, I was upset about that. Uh, he got a raw deal. Yeah, I think so, too. 
I've always wanted to see him do something else that we could point and go, see, <laughs> we made a mistake. <laughs> when he was when he signed on with the New England Patriots this year and he was going to be their defensive coordinator, I thought this is it. I was like, I here we go. Vindication. <laughs> and then, nope. I don't know if we'll ever go back to the NFL. Don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. But man, did the fan base hate him. But most of, most of it, they hated him because of the media. The media could not stand Greg Schiano. Anyhow, let's not get on that rant. I know. All right, let's do our follow-up and fact check from us two podcasts ago. Yeah, we didn't do the last, last pod check. Pod check. The last podcast. It's funny because I'm sitting here looking at a Game of Thrones picture, and I'm thinking Podrick from Game of Thrones. And oh. then you said fact check, so I just threw it all together, and I said a pod check. That was a cool story, Ralph. <laughs> Can <laughs> you tell it again? <laughs> it's almost like you were there. Yeah, okay. So the last podcast we did uh, just straight Daryl McCoy. And then the podcast before that... We had a little bit of news, but not too much. Yes, and I don't think we covered any follow-ups or fact checks from the week before because <laughs> I was sick Friday. We couldn't do the podcast. So this is follow-up and fact checks. Only a few of them. But actually, no, I think these are just from the Monday podcast. Anyhow, we talked about Carmen Vitale being on the Buccaneers and breaking some news, doing the OTAs and all that good stuff. And we were like, who is Carmen Vitale? We had never heard of her before since 2018. And we had asked, because she had said, you know, this the training camp, they look much more excited and energized and everybody's flying around and all that. And we were like, well, what does she have to compare to? Was she their last training camp, right? So anyhow, I looked it up. Couldn't find anything from Carmen Vitale on the Bucs since before last year. I did find her on the Buccaneers staff media guide for 2017, but she was listed as the marketing communications coordinator. Okay. So she just changed jobs in 2018, it sounds like. Yes. And it's very strange because there are there is no more marketing communications coordinator listed as the buck in the Buccaneers media guide as a staff anymore. In 2018, she's listed as a staff writer slash senior digital content producer. Okay, so maybe they just morphed her position. Yes, it seems like they do that with the Buccaneers a lot. I don't know what's going on with their front office, but there's over 200 people that work in the Buccaneers front office. Wow. I know. I sat there and counted them. I was like, man, this is a lot of people. You know what I got from that is that you have a lot of time on your hands. (laughs) (laughs) You can sit and count through 200 names. (laughs) Well, they were in a grid with pictures, so I just, it was five across and then... Oh, okay. So you did some math. Did some math. I'm impressed with that. Yeah, but that's not including the coaches or players or anything. That's just 200 front office staff. I know. The one Buccaneers place is not that big. Where do they put all those people? It's a very good question. I don't know. Anybody saying the Glazers ain't spending money are not paying attention because 200 people, and you know they ain't making chop change. And then you got Bruce Arians' whole staff, which yeah. is basically two coaching staffs. And whatever they've done to the stadium. Yeah, it's a nice stadium. Yeah, it is. It, it's still got that 90s feel to it, but you know, since they upgraded the oh, screens and all so. that, it looks a lot better. The only thing I think they could do better is... Oh, no. I, don't get me wrong. I love the stadium. I yeah. think it's the best stadium in the league. The parking lots, though. The grass. The grass. Yeah. It never gets muddy, though. How weird is that? Yeah. It's too hot. The water just evaporates, like, immediately. <laughs> it does. All right, fact check. Here's one of my favorite ones. Molly was horribly wrong about the end of the Game of Thrones prediction she gave us. The only thing I regret is that I had this on recording. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that's how it did end. If you didn't listen, I said that Daenerys was going to turn on Winterfell and kill all the Starks with her dragon. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it was a, you said anticlimactic. I agree with you on Very that. underwhelming. Yes, but you know, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't as bad as the last episode of Lost. It wasn't as bad as the last episode of Sopranos. Yeah, so they, it was okay. 
I heard today that George R.R. R. Martin is doing this book, which will end like where the series ended, and then he's got another one coming after that. Mm, okay. Anyhow, I don't want to turn this into a Game of Thrones podcast, but we just wanted to point out that Molly was wrong. We wanted to point that out. <laughs> I will also point out that Ralph did not make a prediction because he's I said, chicken shit. I said I had no idea. Couldn't predict it. I wouldn't have predicted that for sure. It was too much of a happy ending. Didn't expect to see a happy ending in Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, that's my issue with it. Well, unless you were a fan of Daenerys. Yeah, that was <laughs> not, not too much of a, her. Not too much of a happy ending for her. But I'll tell you, people complained about, and I don't want to go on about Game of Thrones, but people complained about it. You keep saying episode. that, but then you keep going on about it. <laughs> <laughs> I called myself out on that one, didn't I? The episode before the season finale was fantastic, I thought. It totally blew me away. A lot of people were upset about it, but I think they were more upset about the fact that Daenerys turned into the bad person. I thought it was great. And cinematography, cinematography, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was excellent. So anyhow, moving on. Next fact check. Ralph had said McCoy was carted off the field in the Seattle game in 2013 in overtime. This was the McCoy podcast, so last podcast. Yes, this was last podcast. Ralph was wrong. Look, I'm doing the whole Joe Buck in your face. He was not carted off the field, but he did get basically carried off the field between two trainers, and he never returned in the game. Now, I brought this up as a point of contention with me and McCoy. It was kind of when I started looking at McCoy as, you know, this— Something wrong here with what I'm hearing from the media and what I'm seeing on film. And when McCoy, you know, we played, as we said in the last podcast, we were playing the NFC West at the time when they were the powerhouse division. And we went into Seattle, at Seattle, with their 12th man, all that good stuff. And we played them hard and we played them into overtime. The first play in overtime that McCoy was on the field, he left. And then Seattle ended up driving down the field and won the game. And I was just shocked. I was like, how can somebody leave the game? And then he didn't end. You know, I thought, well, he's going to be out at least a game. I mean, he wasn't. And that just really made me think, well, McCoy's just, he's just not that, that leadership. You don't want that to be what the team follows. Yeah, what kind of leader does that? Yes, I did not like that. But, yeah, he, he the first defensive play of the overtime, he got hurt. And you couldn't really see it on film. You know, he, it looked like he got thrown and... You know, he, he grabbed his ankle and he laid there and the trainers came out and it took forever. And then they finally took him off the field, but he did not come back during that game. And then he played the next game. And there really wasn't much mentioned about it in the media or anything about what was wrong with his ankle or nothing. And, you know, we ended up losing that game after fighting them hard. Boy, that was a good game. Went it on Thursday Night Football? I or Monday, maybe? I don't think so. It, it went on primetime? It might have been late Sunday afternoon. I don't think it was a primetime game. I think it might have been game of the week, though. Don't remember. That was a good game. I remember that. Yeah, so they didn't bring a card out for Gerald McCoy on that one. Look, we ended up talking about Gerald McCoy I know, again. Ralph. Let's, get it together, man. <laughs> let's see how long we can go without talking about McCoy or Game of Thrones. All right, I've got some news. The Bucks have signed Tom Moore as an offensive consultant. Oh, old Tom Moore. Do you know him? He's like 83,000 years old. yeah. Is he 80? He looks old, man. Yeah, he is old. Well, I mean, gosh, he played, uh, he was a coaching Coached receivers for the Steelers in 1977. Wow. Yeah, he started coaching before you were born. Yeah, so, uh, college. Yeah, 1961, I believe. When you see, do, you, do you recognize his name? No. Okay. I have no idea who he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
He started coaching receivers at the Steelers in 1977. He was the offensive coordinator for the Colts when Arians was the quarterback coach with, with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton Manning's first year, right? When he was a rookie. Yep. And then Arians brought him in as an assistant head coach and consultant when he was head coach of Arizona. And now he's with the Buccaneers, but it's not a full-time thing. He's only here during training camp. Yeah, he's so, not Remember when Shiano did that? He, Gosh, who was it? Uh, I can't remember. He brought him in as a consultant, had him all season long. But this is not. It's not going to be this way. He's not going to be here for the full season. He must have Tom coming in just for a very specific purpose. Drinking, buddy. <laughs> I think Tom's a little past that. He might keel over any day now. Nobody's past <laughs> drinking. We had OTAs today. This was the second week. Uh, the OTAs are going on. They went on today. They'll be going on tomorrow and Thursday. Mm -hmm. The media is only allowed to be there today. Is that correct? I think that's think, right. I didn't see that's much. That's how it was last week. Now, this McCoy story. Look, I brought McCoy up again. This McCoy story seems to have overshadowed all of it. I didn't see much from the media talking about the OTAs. I saw a few things. But Carmen Vitale did her wrap-up of the OTAs today on Buccaneers.com. She said this, and I'm going to verify this, what she says here. Quote, she says, Every practice includes a field goal period where both Kyra Santos and Matt Gay kick from various distances. The rumors are true. When Gay kicks, there is a very distinct boom. And today was kicking toward the uprights closest to the actual building. I'm not sure the team will make that mistake again as Gay lost a ball on the roof because he kicked it so hard. Wow. End quote. Yes. I watched a video of him kicking. You can definitely tell. I mean, it sounds like he's hitting it with a baseball bat. Good Lord. He goes, boom. <laughs> boom. So does he have a lot of power to yeah, him? Yeah, he, he's a big guy. And he doesn't have a full, he doesn't get like a run and start like you see most. I remember back in the days, uh, the kickers used to just do like a three-step thing and they'd straight on it. He's kind of like that. He doesn't do the whole twisting and you know, running to it. He's got a soccer background. Yes. So maybe it has to do with that. He's a big guy. But yeah, when, he is. He's built like Sebastian Janikowski. When he hit it, I wasn't even watching it. Uh, I had it on, and uh, I was doing something else, and I heard it thump, and I went, well, what was that? And I looked over, and I rewound it, and sure enough, it was him kicking the damn football. I was like, that's a kicker? Damn. Do you think Cairo's going to lose his job to Matt? Yeah. Oof. I do. Poor Cairo. I did like him. Yeah, he did all right. He's built like a horse jockey. Like, he's really tiny. Most kickers are. I remember... The Grammatica brothers. Our Grammatica, little petite dude. Boy, they were fun to watch because every time they'd kick the ball, they'd do their, their soccer celebration, jump up and down and everything. And uh, one of them ended up hurting themselves. I think it was, can't remember, yeah, during a celebration after kicking the ball, ended up hurting themselves. Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, so. Calm down you, there, buddy. Yeah, little small guys, man. Bucks acclaimed former Jets tight end Jordan Leggett off of waivers. Now, this guy played with Bowles at the Jets. He was drafted in 2017 by the Jets when Bowles was there. But then he ended up getting hurt in training camp and he got put on IR, didn't play all of 2017. Then he played in 2018, limited. He only started four games. I think he he played in 15, but he only started four. He had 14 catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. Now, this guy, we've got, what, six tight ends now on our roster, and we've got OJ and Cameron Brait. All Claire. All Claire, yeah. I mean, all Claire. But behind Brait, they're all expandable. This guy might make the team. Yeah, I think they're all fighting for that number three spot. But Bright and OJ have injury problems, so they might consider. This having... guy's got injury problems. Oh, maybe they, that's true. Hopefully, they won't get in sync like a bunch of women on their <laughs> menstrual cycle together. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have their injuries 
staggered. So <laughs> he's pretty big, pretty big tight end too. So he'll fit right in with our our guys. Yeah, I think he'll probably make the team though because just for his connection with balls. Maybe. Who knows? We will see. No, yeah, we picked him up off waivers. Yeah. Now, I wonder if the waiver thing works the way in the offseason or the way it does in the regular season. Like, if we were top of the waiver list, now we're down at the bottom because we got this guy. I don't know. be interesting to find out. The only thing I know about waivers is fantasy football. Kind of works the same way. <laughs> it <does>. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mike Evans and his wife, Ashley, presented a $40,000 check to Texas A&M to establish two need-based scholarships for students. Uh, students that come from his hometown of Galveston, Texas, are eligible. Uh, this is according to the Texas A&M Foundation. They had a picture of him and Ashley and a couple people holding up a big old cardboard check, you know. And I think this is probably the money he raised from this charity event right. down there the other day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's Let's nice. Say, so he's got a $40,000 tax write-off. Yeah, either way. It's not like $40,000 $40, to him is like $20 to us. Right. I was trying to figure out the taxes, like income taxes people pay. Players would pay. In Florida, they don't pay a whole lot. No, but you still pay federal income tax. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're probably right around 18% or something. Yeah. So if they make $20 million, what's that math? 36000 I can't math today. All right, let's keep it moving. <laughs> 360000 I don't know. I think it's 360000 That's not that bad. There's a 30... It's not that bad. Yeah, I don't know. Heck, double it. Well, if you we'll make $20 million, <sighs> you won't even miss that. Man. I wonder how much of that they pay their agents. The agents usually get quite a bit. Yeah. No, they're not like real estate agents. They only get like 5%. Right. Like we talked about. Duh. Uh, she was getting ready to say it. You were getting ready to say it. <laughs> say it. We talked about McCoy making his $100 million. How much of that went to his agent? Uh, quite 30% a bit. 30% probably. I think I had said that his his agent was Tom Codron, but it was Bingota, I think. Anyhow, but one of the ones that worked at CAA. I mean, they were big, expensive agents. I mean, I know he was getting over 30%. And then McCoy was probably having to pay for the marketing, too. Yeah. So McCoy's probably giving up half his paycheck to his brand. Don't know. Still, he still walked away with over $50 million. Can't right. be mad about that. No. Bad news. Bad, bad news. Kellen Winslow Jr. used to be the tight end for the Buccaneers. Left in Toes 2000- on the line. Toes on the line. Remember when he went to, Seattle and went to Seattle and did that video in the locker room mocking the Buccaneers. Well, mocking Shiana. He is on trial for three rapes. Wow. Yes. The guy is really, really in a bad way. He's going to see the inside of prison for a long time. Now, this has been going on for a while. Right. He was caught at a house, and a neighbor called the police on him because he was, like, going around a house and looking in windows, and they called the police on him, and he got arrested, I think, for breaking and entering or something. Yes. I want to say twice. Yeah. Yeah. And he made it, he said, you know, they were profiling me. And, right, yeah. And then, and then and he turned around like, and said he was he was just looking at the house because he was Yeah, because he was going to buy it yeah. from the owner, which the neighbor knew that wasn't true. Well, it turns out he was casing the joint. Yes, to apparently rape somebody. Uh, he's being charged with raping a 54-year-old hitchhiker and a 59-year-old homeless woman, as well as a 17-year-old girl when they were in college. The 17-year-old girl is now older, but... He has admitted to having sex with these women, but is saying that it was consensual. Oh. But he also, I mean, there's so much with him that's gone on. And I can't keep track of it. But he also, right. he, he when was, he was on bail for this, he ended up going to a gym twice and uh, masturbating in front of a 71-year-old woman. The same woman. Yeah, right? the same woman, twice. And he got caught masturbating in a car in a Wendy's parking lot. 
Yeah, that was a while back. That, that was, was a long while, time ago. That was when he was still in the league. Yeah. Yeah. He's got so many problems. Yeah, and here's the thing. His dad was a great receiver and had a great career, and his dad was in the courtroom Ugh. watching this. Yeah, they said he was just, he was crying and miserable. Could you imagine seeing your son just uh, just ruining his life like this? Right. There seems to be quite a bit of evidence against him, uh, including blood-stained underwear. DNA tests with DNA the semen, which that's probably why he's saying it was consensual, because there's that kind of evidence. Yeah. Ugh. And, you know, he was married with kids. Ugh. Right. So, you know, the law, his lawyers are saying, <laughs> yes, he cheated on his wife, but don't hold that against him. It's immoral, but it's not illegal. Okay. Just, it's it's one of those things where it's, it, there's, I'm, I'm normally not a fan of, if there's smoke, there's fire. But in this case... There's uh, just so much of it. Just, yeah. It's hard to ignore. Yeah. So that's sad news. Don't want to hear that. It's good news, though. Tampa, according to Greg Allman, is going to unveil downtown statue for Buccaneers great Leroy Selman. He was the franchise's first draft pick and Hall of Famer. Uh, he also served as an athletic director for USF. He died in 2011 at age 56. But they're going to put up a statue commemorating Leroy Selman. That's great news. Wonderful news. Do you know what he died of? That's really young. Leroy died of a massive stroke. Ugh. I know. He was young. 56, is that right? Yeah, that's really young. Sad, sad thing. But at least he's getting a statue. Look, I said that was going to be good news. Now you had to make it sad, didn't you? Make it depressing. Yeesh. Well, here's something that might be uplifting. I don't know. Uh, Darren Robo on Twitter has said that the NFL is starting to have a mental health clinician that has to attend the players 8 to 12 hours a week for each NFL team. Nothing? <laughs> no? Okay, well, that's good for the mental health clinicians. 8 good. to 12 hours a week. So is that they just have to be at the facility, I guess, and available in case people want to talk? I don't know. It just says that they have to attend to players 8 to 12 hours a week. I guess they set up counseling sessions, but what if nobody wants to do it? I mean, do you? They get, just kind of sit there? just kind of sit there for 8 to 12 hours a week? I don't know. We'll see. I wonder if they're doing that because of the implications of CTE. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. A PR thing. Well, yeah, and plus, you know, they, they care about the players. I mean, I think they're, it's just the way things are heading. Pretty soon, every company or organization is going to have, let me see, we already have human resources. We have diversity trainers or diversity counselors. We're going to have mental health counselors at every job. Eventually. I wish that my job had a staff psychiatrist. But that's what this is, right? I don't know, but like with a pharmacy, <laughs> on, everybody would in be the high office. on drugs. I know I'd be drugging my bosses. <laughs> Some Prozac, Xanax, and their coffee. Calm down, I'd be buddy. getting a lot of cups of coffee if I'm honest. <laughs> Go see Miss Judy on the second floor. You're a little stressed out. <laughs> yeah, and if they could like pass out CBD gummies, that'd be cool. Do CBD gummies make you relax? I don't know. What about just other guys? We have a guy that works next door that deals with all that. Do you know that? No. Yeah. He sells all kinds of CBD products and stuff. Why are we friends with him? <laughs> I'm friends with him. That's why I've been so relaxed lately. <laughs> At OTAs today, Vernon Hargreaves was available. He was practicing. and Is his mind right? His mind is right. And we got a little bit of clarification about what went on last week. Apparently, we all blew it out of proportion. Vernon wasn't quite right. It was an injury-related issue, not that he wasn't ready to practice. He just wasn't quite recovered from a lingering issue that he's had, not his shoulder. 
and wasn't practicing. So it was hit. It wasn't his. It was his choice not to practice. And he said that BA had talked to him a few times before then. He said it didn't turn him off to BA. He said, I'm a, a coach's kid. That's what he called himself, a coach's kid. And it was just a little bit of tough love, BA coming out and making those comments about him. But they had talked beforehand. So all is well with Vernon Hargreaves. All better be well with him. You need to get on that field and do something. Tired of him being injured all the time and then when he is on the field not really doing much. Come on, Vernon. VH3, show up for us, buddy. You got this. You got this. I think he feels a lot of the pressure. And I... Yeah, he's get... like a veteran on the team now. Yeah. <laughs> and I get the sense that he wants to live up to expectations. Good. So I'm excited to see what he can do. All right, so one last thing about Gerald McCoy. All you Buck fans. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Well, we're going to wrap it up, but wrap it up. But I wanted to say this. Uh, there is a lot of contention between the fan base. Seems like everybody's divided between uh, pro-McCoy, anti-McCoy. I mean, I guess there are quite a few people in the middle who are like, well, I like McCoy, but I think it was the right thing to do. So, anyhow. Or they're, well, I liked McCoy, but I'm a Bucks fan. So if that's what they think we need to do to win, then so be it. Which is what I'd like to see everybody do. But my whole thing is... Don't denigrate the people that feel different than you. We can all have our different opinions. It's good to talk about them. I like saying people throw out stats and numbers, but when it all comes down to it, we're all Buccaneer fans. We all support the team. We need to support each other. We want the team to win. I don't mind discussion. No, I like discussion. I, I love, love it. I like confrontation, heated arguments, debates. I like that oh, yeah. stuff. Don't get into a confrontation with Ralph because <laughs> he's absolutely brutal. Like He'll end that real quick. He'll toy with you for a while. I remember... Ralph was in a fantasy league with his high school, and there was one guy that was a Steelers fan. And they all worked for the FBI. That was that was. The <laughs> You're on part. a list somewhere. Yeah, I'm on a list. There's somewhere. a drone over our house right now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Ralph was talking shit to the one guy. He was a Steelers fan, and Ralph was talking about how bad the Steelers were going to be that year. And it was the year they went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so the next draft, the guy is in the chat, <clears throat> just talking smack. Ralph, you said that my Steelers weren't going to go anywhere, and we got a Super Bowl and all this. And Ralph absolutely embarrassed that guy. And, you know, the trash talk is fun, but Ralph quashed it real quick. Like, the whole group, they were <laughs> quiet. I think you ended it <clears throat> with something like, I'm going to put a Ray Lewis eyes boot up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of it. And no one else talked shit the rest of the season. And they didn't ask Ralph to play again. <laughs> I do not remember that at all. That's it was so amazing. You had somebody it from every... It sounded like every... I was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably if you're on the receiving end of it. Yeah. But you had something from every team in that division. Like a Ray Lewis eyes boot up your ass. Something to do with the Bengals, something to do with the Browns. Uh, it was good. It was funny. like poetry almost. That's an interesting story. I wish I was there for it. <laughs> I do not remember this at all. I remember being part of the league, but yeah, yeah they were all... Do you remember why you stopped playing? No, I just, <laughs> I just thought they that... they quit you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I just remember there were... A lot of them worked for the FBI. Well, the, the main girl who I was friends with in high school, she... Works for the FBI, so it was a bunch of FBI co-workers of hers and stuff. So that's really all I remember. That was a long time ago. How do you remember stuff like that? I remember everything. Mine like a steel chap, baby. <laughs> so 
We're good with discussion. You start calling us idiots, and I'm sick and Ralph on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bring up some Ray Lewis and boots. <laughs> I'm sensitive, so don't be mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I like calling people idiots, too. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. We'll have another podcast out. It'll be out Friday morning. Usually we try to get them out about 1 o'clock Friday morning, so you can enjoy it, your drive to work or whatever. But we don't have advertisements on this show or anything, so no matter what you're doing, stop right now. Hit the share button on whatever app you're listening in and share it to whatever social media platform you want. Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, whatever. Wherever you know bucks reside. Be shy. Give us a share out. Stop hoarding all this good bucky stuff to yourself. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at mollybay at buccaneersobserver.com. If you'd like to send Ralph your favorite Gerald McCoy stats. <laughs> He can be reached at Ralph at BuccaneersObserver.com. We've got a Twitter account, Bucks underscore Observer, and a website, BuccaneersObserver.com. Did I really say Bucky stuff? I think you did. <laughs> we got some good Bucky stuff on our Twitter. Bucky stuff. All righty, guys. That's going to do it for us. Till next time. Go Bucks. <laughs>